Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to the DCAU Review, hosted by Cal and Liam. Streaming on iTunes, Google Podcasts, and at dcaureview.com. Now... Here's today's episode. Welcome to episode 41 of the DCAU Review. I am your host, Cal, and alongside me is the DCAU Review Twitter guru. That's right, it's the other host, Liam. Liam, welcome to this week's episode of the DCAU Review. Yeah, we got another fun one. We're introducing another uh, sort of really memorable Batman Beyond villain. He sort of rhymes, we talked about this with some of the other characters, They so, he sort of rhymes with like a scarecrow type, of course we're talking about Spellbinder. Yep. The episode we're reviewing today, Spellbound, um, kind of rhymes with like a scarecrow type, or you know, if if you want to use the Spider-Man villain equivalent, like a Mysterio type or something. You know, there's illusions and scary stuff and wacky imagery, more psychological, right? Torture of it's his not a guy face. that Terry can just run up and brawl with, like we talked about last week, with right. where you know that villain was much more of a physical threat, right? Um, so yeah, it's it's a really interesting episode. It again allows. Terry to kind of struggle with something that he he hasn't really come into contact with anything quite like this before and uh, and so it's him struggling with it and Bruce sort of trying to coach him through it and then you know you you wrap that up in the in a story with a lot of like crazy imagery and and uh, all these different hallucinations that people are having it's it's really memorable yeah I um I I like this episode. Um, we can get into plot, like we always start with. Um, so the plot of it, as you mentioned, so there's uh, some mysterious happenings. You, you don't, you kind of get the the inkling, uh, sort of at the beginning, that the maybe the school psychologist isn't on the up and up, but they don't make it super obvious right. that it's him. Um, but uh, there's a guy walking around in a red and black suit, which cannot wait to talk about that in visuals but uh guy walking around in a suit he's he's uh kind of putting people in trances where they think they're going on these adventures and going through these or these uh you know these hyper stressful situations uh you know you you have uh, chelsea at the beginning it goes through uh, the amazon and she's trying to get a statue to destroy it yes i'm not sure why you would destroy a statue that you just hacked through the jungle to get but yeah. you know it doesn't have to make sense i guess right uh and then the next scene is a gentleman who's you know i guess he's a fashion designer uh not ex- yeah it's not exactly made clear but you see uh different uh fashion uh like posters on his wall and then he's the the bot the thing that he's clutching that he thinks is like his downed uh, fellow soldier is like a a dress on a mannequin so yeah I guess he's some sort of fashion designer fashion, or... fashionista uh, yeah I missed missed where they explained why the dress was worth so much but I I think it was in the in the conversation between the security guards and him well they do also it's uh, the posters feature the name Princess Audrey mm-hmm. which of course is the name of the princess that Wonder Woman befriends in the episode Maid of Honor mm. so it's kind of a retroactive easter egg so we can uh. maybe assume eventually we know she becomes the queen of Casnia later on in the right. series so that to me tells me maybe maybe it was her dress we oh. don't know we don't know for sure that's sort of a retroactive uh, 
but either way, it's sort of a cool retroactive Easter egg. We yeah. talked about that with a few other examples where yeah, it was a good catch by you. Can, you. you can call back to stuff that hasn't technically happened yet. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's it's kind of cool the, the way that the people that made the show that came after this, you know, put a few threads there to just connect it to. Uh, to the to that future that they'd set up. Spot on, yeah. That was a that was a good find by you. Uh, so then the the third and final, well, the third victim is one of Terry's other high school buddies. I don't mom. think we ever see this guy. Again, yeah, do we? did they give him a name? Probably, but yeah, yeah. It was high school friend. His mom is getting married, so they start seeing these fantastical or high stress situations where they have to get. They feel like they're, you know, they have to get rid of something or they're searching for something in order to basically hand it over to Spellbinder. And, um, you know, we we learn that he's sort of, you know, it's he's not a break, you know, a B and E artist. He's not he's not breaking and entering himself. Right. Uh, he he kind of gets off almost on on controlling the people that he does, which adds a adds an interesting. Uh, dynamic to Spellbinder as a as a character is he's not just he's not j- he has a he has a motivation for torturing the people that he does yes um, and and it, and it feels and, very Batman like it feels yeah. authentic. again we have to talk about it's Terry's getting his own set of villains but they all have that sort of authentically Batman motif where. He talks about being like he's had to listen to these rich kids' problems for all these right. years, and while he's been so criminally underpaid in his view, and he just couldn't take it anymore, and so he's like, "Well, I kn- apparently he knew how to hypnotize people, right?" So he's like, "Well, might as well put this to use and get back at all these rich people that have underpaid me for so long." Yeah, I would say the the one thing that I didn't quite get, and maybe I missed it, but I didn't didn't quite understand how he got the technology to be able to put these people under yeah. spells. It didn't really... I mean, he has a motivation, and he's clearly a very smart guy, but there wasn't a whole lot of explanation as to where the technology came from or why these... You know, why um, these people... Why everyone is susceptible to it. Is there something that would keep you from being susceptible to it? Um, so that was a little... That was a little bit of a plot hole, I thought. Um, I, I think it's. I think it's fine. I think that there are some things, though, that don't make a super ton of sense. Um, but it's not a bad episode. It's, it's a, like you said, it's an interesting way to bring that psychological fear, adrenaline-type villain, uh, a la Scarecrow, yeah. um, into, into the Batman Beyond universe with, without doing a direct copy and paste. So uh, my score for plot was a 6 out of 10. What about you? <laughs> Mine was also 6 out of 10. Get out of here. I think like it's good... And not to its detriment, but it is it is pretty basic. Mm-hmm. They didn't exactly reinvent the wheel here. You know, villain hypnotizes the these people to steal for him. Batman himself is now you know it's a very again very similar to like oh Scarecrow's using fear gas on people, and then Batman gets hit with the fear right, gas. So it's, right, it's the same kind of thing. So it's, you're not reinventing the wheel, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. But it is still pretty basic. So I, so I thought uh, six out of ten was a solid score for it. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, anything else on plot? Not nothing that really stands out. Like I said, I, I like it. There's a there's a little bit at the end uh, where we we get uh, Terry meets Barbara Gordon for the first time. Mm-hmm. She's uh, she comes into the school to investigate uh, Chelsea's throwing out the statue or whatever, mm-hmm. and then uh, she has a direct conversation with him at the end because Terry captures uh, Spellbinder at Wayne Manor, so they have like a direct 
confrontation with with her kind of giving the stink eye to Bruce as she's you know very she's obviously very much aware that Ter- that Terry is the new Batman, but sure. isn't necessarily letting on that she knows yet. Right. Yeah. 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 I th- I think my one complaint, and we mentioned, is that the end is very abrupt. It's true. It's very strange. It's a very strange ending. I mean, it's resolved. You know, Terry defeats Spellbinder. Um, there's not a lot of combat that happens. Uh, Spellbinder kind of kicks his butt for yeah. ten minutes. Terry's and then... fighting invisible zombies, and you do have a lot of flashbacks. And we can get to this a little bit more in visuals of where you are not flashbacks, but you go to the cage or cave, mm-hmm. and uh, Bruce is. You have like the video link where Bruce is basically seeing through Terry's eyes, and of course the hypnot- the hypnotism isn't affecting the actual cameras. Right. So uh, Bruce is trying to basically like, be Terry's eyes and ears because Terry can't actually see what's happening right so that's that's kind of interesting and to keep cutting back to that is is kind of interesting like i said we can talk a little bit more about that in visuals but yeah you're right as far as actual like physical terry kind of wrestles with the old guy and he has to save the uh uh jared by the way is his classmate's name uh his uh jared's mother from being run over by a train which she thinks is a giant bug but yeah not a lot of action to be in in a traditional sense at least agree especially coming off an episode last week where you did have a lot of brawling yes uh, between terry and the coach and terry and the the merce the merce um okay all right let's move on to our next category uh why don't we head right to uh animation visuals what were your thoughts I think this is really, really good. Like mm-hmm. all of the different, um, all the different hallucinations they do. They start off with one with Chelsea's where she's cutting through the jungle, and then it'll cut back to what she's actually doing as she's just walking through her house. There's a lot of interesting shadow work where you just, you know, her face and her body are almost entirely in shadow. You could just see her eyes, mm-hmm. and you sort of have there's a shot of Spellbinder sort of peeking in through the window while she's walking through. It's really atmospheric. It's almost kind of horror movie-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, and then later, the the uh, Jared's mother's uh, sees all these crazy insects, and uh, I, I'd have to look this up to confirm it. But I I would bet that Glenn Murakami had a hand in that yeah, in that scene, especially because sure. just those those creature designs look like they walked. Uh, the insect designs look like they walked right out of the Teen Titans show. Yeah. Um, but it's just, it's really well done, and their bugs are really like ugly and creepy looking. Gross, yeah, and, disgusting. <laughs> um, and then later, you know, the zombies come up when Terry's being uh, when uh, when Terry's trying to fight Spellbinder, and he gets blasted with the the hypnotism eyeball again. <laughs> right, right, right. And uh, he's fighting these zombies, and it's really atmospheric all the way to the end where he uh, basically. Uh, Spellbinder almost falls off the cliff at Wayne Manor, and right. Terry has to catch him. And as he catches him, he grabs him by the wrist, which I guess shatters the whatever Circuitry. the device is. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, yeah, they do some really cool things. And then I guess the other visual thing, and I'll I'll throw it over you to talk about it, is just Spellbinder's design itself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I I think it's we talked about this during the um, the Dead Man's Hand episode. But this character was rife for a action figure. Yes. Like it is just a super cool design, and to me, it's a travesty that that he has not been made into an action figure right? yet. Um, you know, we talked we talked about uh, I think in, probably in the first episode with Blight, just the different uh, outstanding design work that Batman, the Batman Beyond Rogues Gallery has. Yeah. 
and being able to set itself apart from Batman, from the traditional Batman villains, but still create... I mean, if you look at Bat- the traditional Batman rogues gallery, what stands out from them is their design work. You have, I mean, uh, great yeah. character development, certainly, sure, too. Sure. But you you can put pictures of Batman's rogues gallery up. We talked about this, I think, on the first episode. And people will probably be able to identify the Joker and the Riddler and, you know, probably Two-Face and, you yeah. know, just from what their visuals look like. So to be able to create a a unique um, but memorable, if if you've spent any time watching these uh, Batman Beyond episodes, a unique but memorable design for a character that is completely different than anything that came before it, while still feeling familiar enough to be like, yeah, that's a Batman villain right yeah. there. Um, you know, they still feel very DC. Absolutely, like- absolutely. Uh, so Sp- Spellbinder is no different. Like his, it's simple. He's wearing a morph suit. He's wearing a morph suit with a spiral. On it. I right. mean, it's, it's not it's not something that's that's you know unique. It's you know, not garish. off the wall crazy. Yeah, uh, well, it's funny because Spellbinder was a character that existed in the like in the I believe in the fifties and sixties mm-hmm. and some of the like Dick Sprang era Batman tales. But he was again a very over the top sort of more on the side of like a crazy quilt looking villain right. in that era. Whereas this again, you so you redesign him a character that was never used obviously in the original Batman mm-hmm. and you redesign him completely to be used here. And yeah, it's, it's sleek and it's to the point. Yeah. And it's not too busy, but nope. it's still, as you mentioned, so striking. And it jumps off the screen. I mean, it doesn't make a whole lot of a, sen- a lot of sense for a guy that's supposed to be like hanging in the background. It draws attention to him. I was, I was kind of chuckling as, during the wedding scene where <laughs> there's just like, there's all this madness that's happening around it. And there's this guy in a morph suit walking around like, yes. you know, pe- people are running panic, at, uh, chasing the bride around as she's running out of the out of the, uh, the wherever they they held the ceremony, but there's, there's this guy walking around in a morph suit. Nobody's really paying attention to him. Um, <laughs> so yeah, but with that said, though, the character design is awesome. Like you, you already mentioned, you know, the different uh, hallucinations um, and the the work that's done in that. You talked about the shadow work um, before we went on there. You mentioned while we were watching the episode the shadow work that's done in the war scene, yeah. um, where you don't ever really see what it's a nondescript war. They don't they made it that way it's on purpose. It's a little Vietnamy, like yeah, jungles and yeah, napalm being sprayed down and stuff, but. But they they made it very general. You right. don't really see the guys' faces. That 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 would leave you as like, oh, if I, this was me and I was hallucinating this, I'd be p- terrified of these guys that you can't really see their right. faces and they're coming at me holding guns and stuff. So yeah, I I think that the animation was great. The the design work is fantastic in this episode. Even so, another thing that you you mentioned when we were watching is uh, the scene where Terry was hallucinating. He finally wakes up as he's falling, and the the suit gets ripped up. And it's yes. the first time we see the circuitry sort of. Uh, for the inside of the bat suit, which uh, well, you see it when he plugs into the into the Batmobile. Yes, uh, but you really see it, and, and you know, you, there's another episode later on where we see see a lot more of that. But um, yeah, so uh, I I actually gave visuals a ten out of ten. All right, what about you? Yeah, I went nine out of ten. I think they're really really excellent, and it's again those little things that just set these cartoons apart from. The, some of the other superhero cartoons that came before or after it. It's just, yeah, those little extra flourishes and detail. And to design, okay, like, again, I keep going back to the, the one with the with the bugs. Mm-hmm. But it's like, that could have been really generic, and you could have just put giant scorpions and bumblebees and stuff sure. in that. And it would have been fine. But the real that, that little extra mile to make the bugs look 
even more terrifying and more alien yeah. really sells that uh, sells the fear and sells the the terror that the that Jared's mom is going through in that scene. So it's just yeah, those little extra miles that they went to, uh, just tremendous work. Absolutely. All right. Uh, so why don't we move on to music, Liam? Uh, music in this episode, another strong episode. Um, I don't think so. I don't know. You can you can tell me what you think, but my thoughts on the music, as far as the way that it plays in Batman Beyond, is uh, and we mentioned last week uh, in our episode uh, in the Winning Edge that it sets the tone a lot of times for the scenes, and it yeah. usually sets a very frantic pace. It creates this sort of you know almost like a heart palpitation. Like I oh okay that the intensity is, mm-hmm. is is being turned up now. You know Batman's in a battle with somebody, or Batman's running from something, or Batman's running towards something. Yeah, um, it's not it's not used in the same way I think that Batman the animated series score was, or even Superman the animated series. It's more of a tone setter as opposed to something that is supposed to stand out. Yeah. Um, with that said, there is, uh, again, the use of the Batman Beyond theme uh, as, as sort of a uh, pivotal part in one of the scenes that, that's pretty good. Um, but I, I thought music was solid. I think looking at it now and, and kind of understanding the purpose that they use the music for um, has kind of made me rethink how I, how I judge the music in these episodes. Um, so I went ahead and gave music a 7 out of 10 for this episode. Yeah. <laughs> and I also gave music a 7 out of 10. <laughs> uh, well, just a reminder, we don't talk about our scores before we go on the air. We have not. But we are related. That's what that's our that's our disclaimer. By birth, no less. Yes. So uh sometimes that that's just going to happen. Although it doesn't happen as often uh as you might think it would. But yeah. At least not the exact match. We're usually within a point or two of each other, but um yeah, no, it's phenomenal. I thought the also, it's like we talked about in some of the earlier episodes, where the shifts in type of music don't really work. Like mm-hmm. you, I know you have your your hatred for the acoustic guitar. For the heck that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, for for this episode, like during the even that that final four or five minutes when he's fighting Spellbinder, you know, in the woods outside of Wayne Manor, you have like really atmospheric horror uh, movie. Organ, uh, it's strings. an organ. Yes, and then when the zombies come up, there's like. Tales from the Crypt type organ music. <laughs> yeah. And then when Terry sort of snaps out of it and he's like, I got him now, the Batman Beyond theme starts to play and it feels very, like, starts to feel very triumphant mm-hmm. and you get amped watching it. Like, it's yeah. it's really, really well done. And so the different types of music and being, them not being afraid or feeling like they, we can only do rock music because this is the, the Teenage Batman show. Like, being able to go back to sort of more classic atmospheric strings and you mentioned the organ and mm-hmm. then going to the the hard rock when you're when you're doing your more traditional action scenes i think that really helps the show in that way i agree yeah i'll be interested to see we're we're now what nine episodes into this series or yeah. so um so i'll be interested to see as we progress uh, whether that continues if they change things up um, but yeah, I, I'm with you, uh, clearly we are on the same page <laughs> if we both get the same score. Uh, all right, last, but shall we say not least, will be our voice actors, Liam. Uh, who are our major players this week? Anybody of note? So we have John Cipher as, uh, Dr. Ira Billings slash the Spellbinder. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of a character actor. He, he, uh, looked up his IMDb page. He had a lot of, like, one episodes on a lot of famous shows. He was on Dallas. He's been on Law & Order. He's been on 
the love boat. Like, so he wasn't necessarily a, a regular actor on a lot of stuff, but okay. he was an actor on like everything. John Seifer, an actor from the seventies to uh, I believe they call them character actors. Is what oh, they okay. like to be called. Um, but so he has, a, but uh, you know, veteran actor. He actually, I believe, he's still alive. There's no death listed, but he okay. actually hasn't worked in about fifteen years. So hopefully, he's just enjoying his retired life. And yes. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I thought he did a, I thought he did a pretty good job. Yeah, um, he's fine. They put a little bit of an effect on his voice when he's in the spellbinder suit. It's kind of echoey and mm-hmm. uh, sort of booms a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought I thought he did a solid job. Um, you have Omar Gooding as as Terry's friend Jared, who's he's fine. Doesn't have a lot to do, but um, and then you had uh, we get a little bit of Stalker Channing as Barbara Gordon, as we mentioned, mm-hmm. her first direct contact with terry mm-hmm. um doesn't have a lot to do here she sort of questions uh, her, her big episodes come later on right exactly so not a lot to say obviously stalker channing was you know was on the west wing and she was in greece and has been around for a very long time in the acting world but yeah. you know she i mean she has a solid job for what's asked of her but she uh, obviously it's just of note because it's the the first time we get to see these characters interact sure um first time she and bruce come face to face in uh in, yeah. in this series, they I think believe they talked on the phone in an earlier episode, but this Correct. is kind of the first time we see them. Correct. Their their direct interactions, which obviously once you know the the past, the history of these characters, let's not talk about it. Um, well, not even that. Just you know how <laughs> how it all ended for oh, yeah, yeah, for yeah, Bruce yeah. with all of his former proteges. Correct. And lovers. Um, oh God, you had to say it. Yep. Yeah, um, it's it gets a, there's a little more weight to it than if you if you know what's coming later on. Sure, but, uh, sure, sure. Yeah, I give voice acting eight out of ten. I think it's really strong. Uh, Will, it's again a lot of Will Friedle and Kevin Conroy this week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Terry's just roasting Bruce left and right <laughs> in this episode, <laughs> talking about how he collects troubled kids. He yes, if he's still he radios him <laughs> if he's still alive. Yes, and uh, you alive, Wayne? Oh, yeah, God. I was like. Dang. Yeah. Terry, Terry, Terry's just roasting him, and then I thought uh, Kevin Conroy did a good job, as we mentioned, during those that last scene where Terry is kind of flying blind, mm-hmm. and Bruce is trying to be his eyes and ears, I thought that uh, I thought that he did a really good job, just uh, really strong by... One of the stronger Kevin Conroy performances I think we've gotten in Batman Beyond so far. Yeah, there's some good opportunity for him to, to flex his... His uh, protective, and that's kind of what he his character is known for in the in this series is he's he's the uh, the watcher, as it were. You know, yes. he's, he's the eyes and ears in the back of Terry's head. Um, so he he literally gets to do that when Terry can't see uh, the reality in front of him. In this episode, he gets to act on that. So I think, you know, of course, we always say it's no no surprise. Kevin Congro Kevin Conroy, <laughs> really good. Shocking. You know, what he does. Uh, my score, I gave voice acting a very different 7 out of 10. Mm. Um, I think that, uh, you know, we didn't really... My only one... Compl- I think I think we Spellbinder was fine. I think we just didn't get quite enough of him. Um, he did, gets one sort of, like, exposition at the end as yes. he's hitting Terry in the head with rocks to <laughs> explain why he is doing what he's doing. Right. Um, but you don't really get... You you kind of you don't get a chance in this episode at least for him to to flex any sort of vocal mu- muscle. Not not yeah. not to be a detriment, but I thought that I could have could have helped uh, maybe bump the score up a little bit. But I just gave it uh, a seven out of ten because of that. Certainly not a bad score. Definitely not. All right, so I think that brings us to the end of our. 
Oh, there it is. Haven't heard it in a couple yeah, weeks. Yeah, it's been a while. Uh, that is, of course, our bonus point sound effect, uh, Liam, which I guess means you must have a bonus point. Is that correct? I do. Uh, my plus one is for the scene where Terry has been hypnotized and he's going in and he thinks he's on like some sort of shopping game show. Right. And as he's uh, stuffing all of Bruce Wayne's valuables uh, into into a sack and uh, he's just running around Bruce's... Uh, uh, living room, just shoving various priceless <laughs> trophies and trophies. Uh, I guess anything made of gold. Right. Um, and uh, Bruce has to try, and Bruce sort of like tries to grab him, and Terry shoves him off. So <laughs> Bruce's way of stopping Terry is uh, Terry's like on one side of the fireplace. So Bruce throws his cane; it gets caught. So like the end of the cane is sticking out of the fireplace. Terry trips over it, and then just to make sure that Terry has snapped out of it, Bruce just gives him the old pimp hand. <laughs> the old backhanded slap to the face. Yeah, that was a great and, moment. Uh, and then he kind of smiles and goes, oh, I see you were telling tales at school or something like that. So, um, That's pretty uh, it's, uh, it's so great. And again, just we don't get to see it a lot, but getting to see old man Bruce still still show that he's he's still pretty pretty darn capable for... For a guy his age, is is pretty cool to see. Agreed. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a great scene. If you look one up on YouTube, I would I would suggest finding that one. It's a great uh, great little scene. Also, you get a little Batman versus Batman action. Yeah. in there. So yeah. Uh, always always cool to see that. All right, Liam. Well, I guess that wraps us up. We are headed towards the end of our episode. Thank you, everyone, for listening. As we say every week, we're so grateful that you would take time. Uh, to listen to us talk about cartoons. Uh, if you like what you hear, we would love for you to give us a five-star review on iTunes. Um, not necessarily an easy thing to do, um, <laughs> but uh, if you don't mind taking the time out, uh, we don't have a, a Patreon or anything that we set up to ask for money for this. Um, but, the, you know, your, your five minutes of your time would be great enough uh, if you would just uh, give us a five-star review on iTunes uh, kind of gets more people out there the opportunity to hear us talk, which is all we want in life. We just right. want more people to hear us talk. Exactly. That's all anyone wants, that's right? All, that's right? We just want to be heard. We just want to be heard by everyone. Um, but seriously, yeah, we appreciate the, the people that have done that already and that, that listen. Uh, don't forget to give us some feedback. Uh, you, we've had a lot of interaction the last couple of weeks, uh, some controversial opinions and thoughts on yes. things. Um, we would love to hear your thoughts on the Spellbinder episode. Uh, you know, fan, not a fan. Uh, thoughts on on the uh, the character of Spellbinder himself. Um, you know, tweet your thoughts, Liam. They can tweet you at DCAU Review on Twitter. Yes, they can. That's where we do all of our interaction because that's the only platform we have that it's free. allows us. It's free. It's right. a free website. That's Correct. what we love about Twitter. Um, and, uh, yeah, definitely head to at DCAU Review. We post the new episodes every week. We've also started trying to post, like, sort of shorter audio clips just to, if you're a newer listener, I know asking you if you've never heard a show to to donate 30 minutes of your time to a show you've never heard can be, uh, can be a tall task sometimes. So we're starting to put up a few little clips yeah. just so you can kind of get a taste of it, and hopefully those will get shared a little bit, and they already have been, and we thank you to those who... Do like and retweet those because it, again, it does just help us get a few uh, a few additional ears and eyes on our stuff, which we appreciate. Absolutely. And I do want to mention—I mentioned this on Twitter this week—we're uh, going to announce what our 
uh, what we're going to be doing in March today. Yes. And we did a little deliberation, and of course we found out over the last couple of weeks that uh, the Justice League versus Fatal Five, which ain't no convincing me that's not a DCAU movie, by the way, uh, at yeah. this point. I'd between say. the Javelins, the Metro Towers, the designs, and the voice actors. Yeah, I'd say um, it's, I'd say it's uh, pretty much at this yes. point confirmed that it's within the DCAU continuity. So, uh, so we'll definitely be reviewing that probably the week it comes out. Which so, should be March 25th by... Uh, I believe 20th. so. It's definitely at the end of March. Yep. And so we thought to build up to that, sort of do our countdown to that, we'd start reviewing some more Justice League. Yeah. Uh, we're not necessarily going to be going in order with those, just because, much like with Superman, it doesn't really feel like you have to, because the stories, with the exception of the really big episodes right. towards the end of season two, mm-hmm. there aren't a lot that feel like, oh, you have to watch them in this exact Correct. order. So we'll be jumping around a little bit in, uh, in, ju- in the order of Justice League, but sort of countdown to the big Justice League versus Fatal Five movie, we thought we'd uh, be reviewing Justice League. So once we finish up with Batman Beyond in February, we will be heading off to the world of Justice League. Yeah, I'm excited to head back there. We uh, we dabbled in a little black in, in December, uh, got our appetites wet, and let's, uh, we're ready to, to get into some of the greatest hits of the Justice League coming up. Here. There are some great episodes that we'll, we'll take a look at. Well, I guess that about wraps us up for this week. I'm Cal. And I'm Liam. And we will talk to you on the next episode of the DCAU Review. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>